This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. My name is Josh Dalton. I'm an uh, intellectual property partner at Bingham McCutcheon in Boston. When the Copyright Act was retooled in 1976, one of the things that they did was to add this little clause that would allow a recapture window. And the idea was if a young author or a young artist were to give away their copyrights for a small amount and then essentially later regret it, they would have this one window 35 years after they signed the deal in which they could get their rights back. It's Section 203 of the Copyright Act of 1976, and it relates to any work that the initial transfer of rights was created on or after January 1st, 1978, with the exception works for hire and a couple of their minor exceptions. It's one of these sort of parent patriae kind of things that Congress did, because this is a clause that can't, in, in the Copyright Act, that can't be contracted around. You can't, for example, have entered a contract in 2000 saying, notwithstanding Section 203, you will agree not to try to get your rights back. You can't contract around it. And so it's basically Congress forcefully giving the owners of copyrights an opportunity to break any deal that they sign, a one-time get-out-of-jail-free card, which is pretty unusual. Congress has said, if I hired you to design something for me or, or to write something for me, and that was the understanding, then it's not just something where you've transferred just your copyright to me of something you worked on, but something that you did specifically for me. So if it's a work for hire, it doesn't apply. Also, some minor things like if it relates to rising under foreign laws, an interesting sort of wrinkle. If there are derivative works that, let's say you are the person to whom I grant rights to, if there are derivative works that you have created on those copyrighted works that were transferred to you, your rights in those derivative works remain, even if I claw back the underlying work, but you can't make further derivative works. They've got to follow a few basic steps. They really just involve sending a written notice to the person to whom the rights were granted, filing with the Copyright Office. Basically, there you have it. The interesting thing is that you've got to do it during a very specific window of time. You've got to provide your notice during the period leading up to the actual five-year window. And you've got to provide your notice to the person to whom you granted the rights no more than 10 years and no less than two years before the effective date. So you really, the, the statute's written to give them ample warning that this is coming. There's a sort of a much smaller and more obscure ability to terminate before this, but it was fairly narrow. It certainly is nothing as substantial as this. This really relates to setting aside works for hire. Pretty much every copyright grant of rights that was signed on or after January 1st, 1978. It's going to be a significant event in, in IP here, beginning now and going forward into the future. As I mentioned, the author has to provide a written notice to the person to whom the rights were granted, and filed a written notice with the Copyright Office. Copyright Office has given some guidelines as to what has to be contained in the notice, but there's no specific form. It's pretty obvious stuff. But as I mentioned, it's got to go no less than two and no more than ten years before the effective date. The effective date has to be within the five-year period running from the 35th anniversary of the grant. So if the 35th anniversary of the grant is on 2013, which is sort of when the earliest ones would be from 1978, then you've got to pick an effective date between, say, January 1st, 2013, if that's when it was, and 2018. But then the notice has to come out 
no earlier than, say, 2003, and if you're picking the very first date, say January 1st, 2013, as your effective date, no later than January 1st, 2011, right? So you've got to give at least that two-year warning, if not longer. And if you got to the point where, if, for example, your five-year window closed on 2018, if you hadn't given your notice by 2016, you wouldn't be able to make an effective notice. Attorneys can certainly get themselves up to speed on this. It's, it's interesting because there's other folks who are also kind of jumping on the bandwagon. I was looking online today, and there's a number of websites that are set up as a service that are offered there to provide any client help through the process. Go online, look for copyright recapture. You'll find a bunch of people who say, hey, are you an artist? Are you a recording artist? Are you someone who granted rights? Do you want them back? We can help and basically go through and offer the services and actually talk about what you might want to do with that leverage point, which is some of them even suggest, hey, if you're getting X, why don't you go out and try to get 3X from the person? Why don't you try to get 5X? I'll leave the Xs up to you, but do what you want to do. And, and what's interesting there, playing off that point for a minute, is that the statute did build in a kind of a restricted free agency window. And by that I mean we talked about this notion of the notice date and then it has to be at least two years before the effective date, right? Well, during the period from when the notice goes in to when the effective date occurs, the copyright owner cannot sign any other grant of rights with anyone else. So during that two-year window, for example, they couldn't go out and sign a new license with a third party. However, they can make a new agreement with the original grantee, with the person to whom they gave notice. So what that means is, you know, if, if for example, they're getting 10% royalty, they give notice that as of 2013, they're going to recapture their rights. Between now and then, there can be a period of renegotiation between the copyright holder and the, and the grantee, and during that period, if they come to a deal, just like in sports with, like, restricted free agency, if they come to a deal, they can ink a new deal, and that's effective immediately. But only after the effective date can the copyright owner go out and ink a new deal with anyone else. So it's interesting that the statute gives the copyright holder this window and this ability to claw back, but it certainly is kind of encouraging with this sort of exclusivity period of negotiation. It sort of is encouraging, I think, that copyright holder to look first to the person whom they granted the rights. All of this really goes back to the fact that, I mean, the Copyright Act has often been accused of being a little bit sort of pro-author, and this is no exception. It's really like I said, it's, it's sort of imposing this notion of if you got a really bad deal, if you're a great artist but a bad business person, we're going to give you one chance to get out of it, but sort of tempering it by saying, but, you know, the first person that you go to should be the person to whom you gave the grant. If you can work it out with them, sign a new deal, do something that's a little more just or fair, ink it immediately, that becomes effective, and only after that period can you go out and find someone else or, or begin to license it yourself. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.